Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. Across 2,000 odd years ago, we looked at this on Friday. Jesus was hanging in pain. He was dying. He cried, it is finished. He breathed his last. Those who were there wept. Jesus was dead. We know some of the people that were there that day. We know there were a crowd of followers who stood a little distance off and they were mourning. We know John was there, the disciple. We don't know where the other disciples were. They might have been there. They might have run. We don't know. The Roman soldiers were there. They were conducting the execution. Either side of Jesus were the criminals. One mocked him. The other believed in him. And we know from the Gospels that many people walked past hurling insults at Jesus. We know the religious leaders were there. They were throwing insults as well. And we know right in front of the cross was Jesus' mother Mary and Jesus' auntie and a lady called Mary Magdalene who saw the whole thing. And when he breathed his last, they wept. Mary Magdalene, she's an interesting figure. She figures prominently in this story. If you heard that reading from Stuart, Mary Magdalene was a central character. She was there, right there, at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. So who was she? She was a follower of Jesus, we know that. Luke 8 tells us that Jesus and his disciples went from town to town proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And a group of women went with them, caring for them, taking care of their needs. The gospel writers specifically talk about Mary Magdalene and said that it had been Jesus who had healed her and restored her when he cast seven demons out of her. Now think about that for a moment, a first century woman who was demon-possessed, who was afflicted physically and mentally and socially. She was in torture. We know from other accounts in the Bible what it was like to be demon-possessed, how you were misunderstood, you were feared, you were excluded. This was a life sentence for this lady. But Jesus healed her and made her whole. Luke 7 records an interesting story of the sinful woman that was uh, excluded by everyone who came and anointed Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her tears and dried it with her hair. We're told that it was Mary. Most scholars believe that it was actually Mary Magdalene that did that. So what we have is a devoted follower of Jesus, someone who'd been transformed by his touch, who'd gone from pain and hopelessness and now had life and knew Jesus as her Messiah. She couldn't be classified as a disciple back then because she was a woman, but she was there the whole journey. She saw the miracles. She saw Jesus heal the blind. She saw Jesus raise the dead. She was right there in the middle of the action. And that Easter Friday, that good Friday, she was right there and heard him cry out, it is finished. She saw his last breath. For her, as well as the other disciples, the dream was over. It was done. It was tragedy. 
He was taken down, he was put in another man's tomb. The disciples were disconsolate and scared. They found themselves a room where they could hide from the religious leaders. The dream was over, the Messiah was gone. The kingdom that God, that Jesus had promised, seemed so far away, it is finished. But that was Friday. Friday was a day of weeping and defeat for Jesus' followers. It was the day that it all ended. Friday, the dream was over. But I'm so thankful that our faith doesn't rest on Friday alone. That Friday is only part of a story. Sunday would change everything. Stuart read what happened, the account of John, Jesus' best friend, of what happened. I love the way that he begins it. He says, early on that first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, she's there again. Mary Magdalene... She went to the tomb while it was still dark. She saw the large stone had been moved away and she ran back to the disciples, to Simon Peter and the follower who Jesus loved, which was John. And she said, they've taken him. We've endured his death. We put him in the grave and now they've stolen his body. At first, Sunday started horribly. For the Jews, uh, the burial and the placement of the body was such an important thing, to know where you're people were buried and they were taken care of. Yesterday my dad and I went to the Chinchilla Cemetery and found the graves of my great-grandparents. And I've been to the graves of my great-grandparents in Pittsworth and, and in Texas and to me it's important to know where my family is. For the Jews back then it was even more important. You read in the Old Testament uh, that, that phrase that he joined his ancestors. So for the Jews death was something that it became a very um, a serious thing about where to put the body and to have nobody to tend to, to care for, to lay to rest was a terrible tragedy. The body had been stolen. So for Mary, Friday was now even worse because the body was gone. And it says that Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. It had gone from horrible more than horrible. The body was gone. Jesus had died. His body was taken and they didn't know where. And she stood weeping. You can almost feel her grief. But the story isn't finished. I love the next part. As she was weeping, she bent down and looked inside the tomb once more just to make sure, (laughs) is it really over? She saw two angels dressed in white sitting where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the feet. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? And she answered, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where he is. So picture this, grief so intense that when she looks in and sees two angels and they ask her, she just answers them out of the grief. She doesn't say, who are you? What are you doing? This is crazy. She just, in her enormous grief, She says, I don't know where they've taken my Lord. Then she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. And Jesus said, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. I love that. Thinking he was the guy that mowed the lawns at the cemetery. She said, did you take him? Please tell me so I can get him back. Her grief was so intense that she didn't even recognise Jesus. But then, I love this, but then he said her name. He said, Mary. 
and she knew. In just an instant, her world changed. From grief to joy, from loss to gain, from defeat to victory. He isn't dead, he's alive. It's not over, it's just the beginning. The one who transformed your life is about to transform it again. John doesn't record her reaction, but he records the words of Jesus. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, go and tell the others. So we know from this response that she was holding on to him, she was embracing him, she was touching him to prove that it was true, she was worshipping him. She'd gone from inconsolable grief to now holding on to her saviour. I'm sure she was crying again, but it was a different type of tears. In an instant, her grief turned to unimaginable joy. She was transformed when she realised he is not dead. He is alive. She wasn't looking for her dead saviour anymore. Instead, she was holding her very much alive one. She wasn't weeping over a disaster. She was crying out in victory. He is not dead. He is alive. Then she went and told the others. It says, Mary Magdalene went and said to the other followers, I saw the Lord, exclamation mark in my Bible. I saw him. And she told them all that Jesus said to her. He isn't dead, he is alive. I saw him, he is alive. Friday was bad, Saturday was horrible, Sunday started disastrously, but it doesn't matter anymore because Jesus is alive. And in a moment, their lives would change forever as well. The resurrection has that effect on people. It changes your life. He's not dead, he's alive. Those disciples who first heard Mary's message... They were hiding in a room away from the religious leaders, fearful of their future, wondering what to do. We don't know what's going to happen to us. Within two months, less than 60 days later, at the very first church service in Jerusalem, Peter got up to preach and he preached, Jesus isn't dead, he's alive and he's come to give you life. 3,000 people believed and were added to the church. And you spread rapidly and people in their thousands believed and, and it got so big that the persecution started. And the religious leaders said, stop talking about this. We don't want you talking about this. But it didn't matter, the news spread. Within 20 years, the message, he is alive, went all around the known world. It started at Jerusalem and went out and went out towards Europe and all through uh, up to Rome and into France. And it was everywhere that Jesus is alive. There's an interesting passage in Acts 17 in the city of Thessalonica, which is in Greece. So it's a fair way from Jerusalem. And this is only uh, a decade later where the Apostle Paul and Silas had gone to Thessalonica to teach people about the resurrection. And some people who opposed them in the city, they said this, these people who have made trouble everywhere in the world, they've now come here to make trouble too. The resurrection story was good news for some, trouble for others but they're now here and they've changed the world. The news of the resurrection couldn't be stopped. Why? Because it transforms lives. The resurrection story transforms lives. If Jesus is alive, if he rose from the dead, then all the stuff that he said must be true. He must be God's son. He must give us the, the relationship that we want with the Father. He must have taken our wrongdoing we must be the children of God if we believe in him. 
It changes our life. He must heal. He must restore. He must uh, give us the peace that he's promised. It must be true if he's alive. 20 centuries later in Australia, 21 centuries later in Australia, he still is in the people-changing business. And there are people sitting here today that would put up their hand and they would say, he's transformed my life. He's taken me from hopelessness to hope. He's taken me from defeat into victory. He's given me a future and I know that I am sure that one day I will see him face to face. The resurrection changed everything. The resurrection gave life. It's interesting to know what happened to those disciples who were in that room. Mary Magdalene ran and she told them and she said, Jesus is alive. And they thought the dream was over. And they were in that room hiding and they were wondering what their future would be. It's interesting to hear what happened to them. We know that James, the brother of John, we know within a few weeks was executed on Herod's orders for talking to people about the resurrection. And others we know from church history. We know that Peter, because he kept talking about the resurrection, he was executed in about 66 AD because he couldn't stop talking about it. We know Andrew, he went to the land of the man-eaters, which is the current, where, where Russia is right now. He preached in Russia and he preached in Asia Minor and in modern-day Turkey, where finally they were so uh, sick of him that they put him to death. We know Thomas, he went into Syria and went right down into India preaching the resurrected Christ, where he was executed for his preaching. We know Philip went to, to Africa and Asia Minor where he converted a Roman consul's wife and to repay him for that, he put him to death, executed for his belief. We know Matthew the tax collector went to Persia and Ethiopia where he preached the gospel fearlessly and was put to death for his faith. We know Bartholomew went to India and to Armenia and Ethiopia and southern Arabia where he was finally killed for his preaching the resurrected Christ. James, the son of Alphaeus, went to Syria and Ju Ju uh, Josephus, the, the Jewish historian, said that he was finally clubbed to death because he wouldn't stop talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Simon the Zealot went to Persia and he was killed because he refused to bow down to the sun god and instead said, Jesus is alive, put to death for his beliefs. Matthias, he went to Syria with Andrew and he died, burnt at the stake. All these disciples who thought everything was over, who thought the story had ended, went all through the world proudly, bravely proclaiming the gospel, believing in it so much and the life it gave that they were willing to lay down their life and did it gladly because Jesus' resurrection is real and because it gives power. The Easter story transformed them. For John, he's the only one of the disciples that lived to an old age, the only one that wasn't executed, although they tried. They put him into a big vat of boiling oil, but he survived. And eventually they, they put him on the Isle of Patmos and they said, don't come back, where he wrote the book of Revelation. So even John was persecuted, but said, I can't stop talking about the risen saviour. And Mary Magdalene, what happened to her? According to church history, she became a leader in the church. She travelled as far as Ephesus preaching the resurrected Christ and became a powerful teacher about Jesus. You see, the resurrection power had such an effect on these people, these followers, that they willingly gave their life 
to tell the world about the resurrection power. John in his gospel finishes with these words. These are his final words in his story about Jesus. Jesus did many other miracles in the presence of his followers. They're not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Then by believing in that, you might have life in his name. He gives us life. Because he's alive, we know life. And I know life in Christ because Christ is alive. Because of the resurrection, I can know God's life in me. Because of him, I am alive as well. The transforming power of the gospel. He is alive and I can know life today. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, saw it was empty, was grief-stricken. The story's over. Then Jesus said one word. He called her name, Mary. It transformed everything. It transformed the world. Today, Easter Sunday, 2022, in Queensland, he's calling your name and saying, I am alive and I'm here to give you life. I am alive and I've come to give you my resurrection power. For you who are weeping, I've come to restore joy. For you who feel hopeless, I've come to give hope. For you who doesn't know where life is taking you, I've come to give you a passion to live for. For you who are feeling guilty, I've come to take that guilt. I have come to give you life and I'm here today whispering your name. You can have life through Jesus Christ because he is alive. Lord, we thank you for this Easter story. We thank you that Friday happened, but it wasn't the end. I want to thank you that you did say it is finished, but by that you meant God's plan has been, uh, who's been in the making for so long is now fulfilled. Sin is paid for. I want to thank you for Sunday that Mary went and she saw the body was gone. It was gone because Jesus was alive. I want to thank you for what that means for us, that we can know life and power. We can know wholeness in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would have the same passion to share the good news of Christ's death and resurrection as those first disciples. Lord, I pray it would give us life. And for those today here who've never acknowledged that, who've never said, God, I believe that you are alive. I believe that you're resurrected. I pray that they would hear you, God, calling their name this morning. And as they simply respond to that and say, God, I want you to be my saviour, that life will come. I thank you for the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.